0: Uh, So, Romans 5, verse 18. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, Grace increased all the more, so that, just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through the righteousness, through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were also baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Uh, The second passage is uh, chapter 7, verse 4. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you you might belong to another to him who raised, who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore, the, bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we, might, so that we serve in, a new, in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. What shall we say then? is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law, for I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive from the law, but when the commandment came, Sin sprang to life and I died. I found, I, I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring me life actually brought me death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. So then, the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. And the final passage is at verse 21. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, But in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free, free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by setting his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned, the, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. And the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you.
1: Well, isn't that just a blank check? If you were here last week, uh, you heard uh, the radical, extravagant reality of God's grace. That no one is righteous but that God gives righteousness freely as a gift, that you don't need to do anything. All you need to do is trust to receive that righteousness as a gift by faith. And so, of course, the next question is, wait, isn't that just a blank check? Uh, Does that mean I can just do whatever I want? you know if i'm just going to be forgiven anyway if righteousness is going to come as a gift surely i can just do whatever uh, in fact uh, the way that you know that you've understood grace is if you do ask that question uh, why would anyone be good if we we know already that we can just ask for forgiveness and god will give it to us it's just too easy isn't it and it just feels wild Suddenly there's nothing in place uh, holding us back from doing whatever we want. Well, uh, grace has changed everything and so what we want to do tonight uh, is to think about how we go on uh, living the Christian life and Romans chapters 5 to 8 is all about that. Uh, we have a big task tonight, uh, we're zooming our way through Romans really quickly, and so what we want to do is take in the big picture of chapter 5, verse 12, all the way through to the end of chapter 8. And so we're going to uh, zoom through a lot, uh, but really we want to see the big picture of it. The first thing we need to do, though, is to take a step back, because to answer that question about, you know, how do we go on now living the Christian life? To answer that question, we need to view grace in a different way. We need to look at it from a different perspective, Uh, kind of like when you see a wave at the the beach. Uh, It looks like one thing when you see it from above the water, but then you see those photos of the wave from underneath, and it's the same thing, but from a totally different perspective. Uh, We want to look at it like that. See, in chapter 5, verse 12, uh, Paul goes back and starts talking about grace again, but in a different way. See, the story of how we're made righteous is the story of two realms. It's the story of two realms, the story of two spiritual kingdoms that you can belong to. On the one hand, the realm of sin, death and condemnation. And on the other hand, the realm of grace, life and righteousness. And if you understand the reality of those two realms, then you'll understand how to live the Christian life. So that's what we're going to do tonight uh, as we work our way through. Chapter 5, verse 12, uh, we're going to look at this section that introduces the two realms. Uh, Then we're going to ask three big questions, three big questions that actually uh, come up. Chapter 6 asks the question, can we go on sinning? Can we go on sinning? Can we just do whatever we want? Uh, Chapter 7 asks the question, what's the deal with the law then? What's the deal with the law Uh, the Old Testament law. And then chapter 8, we want to ask the question, so how do we live now? Those three questions. Can we go on sinning? What's the deal with the law then? And how do we live now? So let's get into it. Uh, Second half of chapter 5, Paul wants to introduce this new way of seeing the world, these two realms. And to introduce it, uh, he gives the origin story. He says that the realm of sin starts with Adam. There in verse 12, he says, Therefore, just as sin... Entered the world through one man and death through sin. So he's pointing back to Genesis 3 and he says, uh, That's what happened with Adam. Adam breaks God's command and that sin brings death into the world. And not just to him, but for everyone else who follows on in this realm of Adam, continuing to sin, continuing to face God's judgment. And notice what he wants to do, he wants to make a comparison. Uh, There in verse 12 it says, uh, just as sin entered the world, just as this, so also this. He wants to make a comparison between Adam and Jesus, just as Adam brought death into the world, so also Jesus brings life into the world. But if you read verse 12 there, uh, you'll see he never gets to the so also, he just kind of halfway through the sentence and then it just trails off so he goes to make this comparison but then it suddenly dawns on him hang on a second comparing Adam to Jesus is is kind of a bad look it's like comparing a charity to a bikey gang it's like you do need to make some qualifications before you get there it's like well yeah it's it's not that they're violent it's that they're well organized and that's the, the the thing they have in common and so he wants to do that And so before he makes the comparison, he makes the contrast there in verses 15 to 17. If you have a look, verse 15, he says, but the gift is not like the trespass. See, Adam's sin brought death and condemnation, but God's gift of Jesus brings the opposite. Life and justification, they're different. And they're of a different magnitude. How much more, it says, how much more? Uh, When I was a student at uni, um, I heard Tim Thorburn preach on this very passive passage and uh, he said an illustration which has stayed with me my whole adult life. Uh, He said that Adam's one sin was like a single rock that starts an avalanche. A single rock that starts an avalanche. Just this huge, uh, powerful thing, so easy to start and everything else follows in the same direction. But Jesus' one act of righteousness is able to push it all back. The opposite outcome and just incomparable in its power. They're so different. But also so similar. One act impacts many. Uh, Verse 18... Uh, He finally gets back around to his just as, so also sentence. Uh, He says, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. See, back in Romans chapter 3, we saw God's grace uh, through a courtroom drama. We're declared innocent. But here we see God's grace through the realm of Jesus overcoming Adam. There in verse 20, it says, But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. The more sin increases, the more grace wins. The bigger the avalanche, the more amazing Jesus' work is. One act on the cross that brings life to many incredible, isn't it? It's it's a kind of new dimension, a new look at God's grace. But you can see how we get to our uh, next question there in chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? If more sin just means more grace, does that mean that just we can go on sinning and actually that's good because that'll show more grace? Uh, well, the answer is there in chapter 6, verse 2. By no means. Absolutely not. Why not? Well, the answer is in the two realms. We need to keep that picture in mind. We need to see ourselves uh, through the, re- the lens of these two realms. And chapter 6 uh, gives us these, uh, these pictures to understand are uh, where we place ourselves in these two realms. And Paul says, it's like dying and it's like slavery. It's like dying and it's like slavery. Uh, read on from chapter 6, verse 2. He says, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptised into Christ Jesus, we're baptised into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. See what he's saying? He says it's like dying. We did live in the realm of sin. But if you trust Jesus, then his death counts as your death. And so you really did die. The old you, the, the, the one that lived in that old realm under Adam, that you is gone. You died. And so now just as Christ was raised, uh, we've been raised to live a new life. Suddenly we live in this new realm, alive to God, the realm of Jesus. And so we live for righteousness. It's not just that we are still the old us, but with are kind of new and stronger motivation. No, it's, it's a new person living a new life. Uh, so you see the logic it there in verse 13. It has to do with the realm you're in now. Chapter 6, verse 13. Do not, offer your, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of of righteousness. You've changed realms. That's how you think about the Christian life from here on in, out of sin and death and into life and righteousness. So that's how you live. And that's why Paul connects it to baptism there in uh, verse 4. Uh, if you've ever been to a uni church baptism, uh, you'll know that uh, one of the things that I uh, try and do to explain it is I say it's kind of like a funeral. A is kind of like a funeral. Uh, when we put someone into the water, uh, it's, kind of, it's like laying them in the grave, yeah, just briefly, just for a little bit, because uh, then we lift them back up, right? And what's going on? It's a dramatic retelling of what has happened to them in Christ, that they have died to sin, died to the old self, and have been raised up to live a new life for Jesus. Paul says it's like, dying. And he says it's like slavery. He says that in both uh, spiritual realms, both spiritual realms have masters. And if you're in Adam's realm, then guess what? You're a slave to sin. That's what you do, you're a slave to sin. But in Jesus we've changed realms. And so have a look at verse 18. He says, you've been set free from sin isn't that great news? You've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. See, so you're still a slave if you're a Christian. Just a slave to righteousness. It's like uh, being in a work gang, right? You, you're in this kind of this gang and you, you're deep underground in, in some kind of terrible kind of mining situation. Conditions are so bad that the likelihood of death is 100% and the work that you're doing is just to kind of you know, dig out some mineral that is destroying the earth. But you're stuck there. And you just have to keep on working. And then you get lifted to the surface, right? Transferred into the environmental science department and uh, you spend your days on the beach, uh, kind of wandering around, um, saving tiny starfish, uh, whatever you do. Right? You don't do whatever you want, You do what your boss wants. It's just that now it's good and life giving. You're still a slave, just in a different realm. You've changed your identity. You've died and started a new life. You've changed masters. So that's the answer to the first question Can we go on sinning? Absolutely not because of where we stand in those two realms. The next question is, well, what about the law? What about the Old Testament law? See, if you're a Jewish person, which Paul is, you know, you've lived your whole life under the law, learning it, keeping it, meditating on it, thanking God for it. Is all that just out the window now? Uh, Now that we're under grace? That's an important question for Jewish people, but it's an important question for us as well. What do we do with the law? How do we think about it? Is it good? Are we meant to keep it in mind? The Ten Commandments, they seem okay. Are we chucking that out? What do we do? And so that's where Paul goes next. Uh, You see the question there in chapter 7, verse 7. He says, what shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Is the law sinful? And the answer? Certainly not. Nevertheless. (laughs) Certainly not. Nevertheless. See, according to Paul, the law does two things. The law does two things. It unveils sin and it unleashes sin. It unveils sin because the law points out exactly what sin is. This is sin, this isn't. But it also unleashes sin, because as soon as we know what sin is, our sinful hearts want exactly that. He uses the example of coveting. Uh, there he goes on in verse 7. He says, I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of of coveting I tell my kids don't touch that and their whole world becomes I must touch that thing (laughs) Uh, at one level that's just kind of curiosity but the law kind of tempts them to it and because they want to be in charge they want to touch it simply because I've said not to The very fact there's a rule makes them want to break it. And we're the same. Coveting especially works that way, doesn't it? It implants the idea and the sinful nature does the rest. We want that thing. So the law unveils sin, confirms that that thing is sin, but it also unleashes sin in us. That's why Paul feels so conflicted as you read on in chapter 7, uh, verse 18. He says, uh, halfway through that verse, he says, For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. So he's, he's completely torn, isn't he? And it sounds exactly like our life, doesn't it? We want to live God's way, but we keep on falling back into sin, even though we don't want to, even though we know that's not us anymore. And so we feel torn between those two realms. Except I don't think that's actually what chapter 7 is saying. Uh, I don't think it's describing the experience of a Christian person being torn between the two realms. See, we're still answering the question about the law. What's the deal with the law? So I don't think Paul's describing the experience of a Christian being dragged back into the realm of sin. I I think it's actually the other way around. He's describing what it's like for him to be a Jew, a Jew who knows God's law, knows how God wants him to live, who's stuck because all he's got is the law and it doesn't actually help him all it does is unveil sin and show him where he's wrong and unleash sin and make him uh, draw him towards sin he's stuck in the realm of sin and death and that's why he feels so conflicted because he knows the law is good and he wants to keep it he just can't He's able to say in verse 22, for in my inner being I delight in God's law. But that's not enough. It just leaves him guilty. Verse 24, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? He's not talking as a Christian, but as a Jewish person who feels stuck in sin. That's why chapter 8 is so glorious, I think. The law doesn't work, but chapter 8, verse 1, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Why? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, the law couldn't do it because the flesh just made it sinful. What the law was powerless to do, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. What the law couldn't do, God did. And we're right back to the gift of grace. Jesus' death is the only thing that works to transfer us out of one realm and into another. And the new realm is the realm of the Spirit. The new realm is the realm of the Spirit. And that's the answer to our final question. How does God want us to live now? How do we live now? We live by the Spirit. Have a look at chapter 8, uh, verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. See, God has put his Spirit in, inside us not just to save us but to transform us to see ourselves as we really are as his children to change us from the inside out and so the job of chapter 8 in Romans is to take us through the glorious blessings of life in the spirit this is how we live in this new realm we're led by the spirit we keep in step with the spirit the spirit gives us power to live this new life The Spirit gives us the privilege of calling God our Father. The Spirit gives us the ability to rejoice even in suffering. The Spirit gives us assurance of our eternal hope. Everything from the Spirit's work. Uh, When I was 16, I went to France on a school language trip. Very fancy. Uh, And we went to the Louvre. Now, the Louvre Art Gallery is just huge, right? 35,000 works on display and of course 16 year old me, um, that's very mature, uh, very cultured and so uh, my friend and I decided that we would run through the entire gallery. Uh, So here's us sprinting through the Louvre, uh, just racing past Venus de Milo, uh, just um, paintings of Vermeer, just rushing past as we kind of round corners and we come to the Mona Lisa And we stop. And we look at each other and we just think, man, we are here looking at the Mona Lisa. And then we just keep on running. Uh, (laughs) And that's what we've done tonight, right? Here we are at chapter 8 of Romans, the high point of Scripture. And we've just sprinted past it. Uh, But I want to say that's okay. Uh, If you're in a hub group... Our whole night on Wednesday is going to be focused in on this chapter. We're going to uh, try and dig out all of its riches together. Uh, If you're following along with the UC Daily, uh, that's going to help us to to meditate on this whole chapter. In some ways, we're never going to be able to look at all 35,000 paintings, are we? We need a lifetime to meditate on all that God gives us in Romans chapter 8. And the goal of this series uh, in Romans is a little different anyway. Our aim is to see the big picture of Romans. We're not aiming to look at uh, every individual painting, but we want to visit the information desk and see the layout of the whole gallery. And so what I want us to take away from tonight is the answer to those questions. Can we go on sinning? Absolutely not. We've changed realms. We've died to sin. And now we live to God. We were slaves to sin, but now we're slaves to righteousness. What's the deal with the law? Well, the law belongs to the old realm. It unveils sin and it unleashes sin in us. It's good, it's from God, but we can't make it do anything except condemn us. So how do we live now? Well, we live by the Spirit, not by the law. We embrace all of the blessings of having God's spirit within us. The revolution that Romans wants for us in this section, I think, is to understand our reality differently in terms of those two realms. For those realms to be the way that we think about the Christian life and to have that guide how we live out our faith in Jesus. At the start, we asked the question, uh, isn't that just a blank check? You know, does grace mean that we can just do what we want? And the answer, of course, is yes. Grace is a blank check. The more you sin, the more Jesus' death is able to cover it. The Christian can do whatever they want. But you've changed realms entirely. And you have God's spirit within you if you trust in Jesus. And so what you want is different now. So live boldly as the new you in the realm of the spirit.